Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's March 25th, 2023, and that means there's nine months left until Christmas. Today on the show, we're going to give Santa's main squeeze some long overdue respect as we celebrate Mrs. Claus. We've also got an excellent recipe idea for you. We'll count down the top five times a Christmas movie poll got it wrong, and we'll launch round one of our Christmas musician showdown, Merry Music Madness. Okay, let's start the show. Welcome, Yule Believers, to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, the podcast all about Christmas history, Christmas traditions, Christmas media, and everything else Christmas. I'm your host, comedian and waterlogged Californian, Tim Babb. This atmospheric river has been dumping quite a lot of rain on us here in California the last few weeks, but no amount of water can ever dampen our Christmas spirit, right? In fact, I need a little Christmas now. We need a Spring is officially sprung, which means Easter is just around the corner. And while Easter is arguably a much more significant holiday in the Christian religion, it doesn't quite have the same vibes as Christmas. So I'm going to help you put a little Christmas in your Easter party. Actually, you can do this at any time, but it's especially good at Easter because you should have plenty of the main ingredient on hand. We're making Christmas deviled eggs. That sounds like an egg excellent idea. I can't wait for you to explain how to make them. Oh dear, I should have warned you all. My sons love egg puns, so they will probably be popping in with tons of these throughout this segment. It's extremely likely. You should expect to hear from us again. Oi, anyway. Deviled eggs are a favorite of mine, and I stumbled upon a way to make them Christmassy. We're going to turn that glob of goodness in the center from yellow to green. Without food coloring, we're going to use avocado. Here's what you need. Six large eggs, one small avocado, three tablespoons of mayonnaise, two teaspoons of yellow mustard, one tablespoon of sweet relish, some paprika, and one surprise ingredient to be named later. Ooh, someone's adding extra drama. What an enigma. How do you even know that word? Never mind. Let's get going. So you're going to hard boil your eggs and then peel and pit your avocado. Once the eggs are done and you let them cool a little bit, peel those too. Cut them in half, set the whites aside, and put the yolks in a bowl. Add the avocado, mayo, mustard, and relish to the bowl and mash it all up. Then you use that mixture in the bowl to fill the hole in the egg whites that you set aside earlier. The recipe that I'll link to in the show notes says to use a piping bag, but that's a little too fancy for me. I just scoop it in there with a spoon. Now, sprinkle some of that red paprika on your green filling, and you've got some Christmas-themed deviled eggs. Excuse me. Did you forget about the extra ingredient? Oh, you're right. So, the recipe I mentioned, uh, it says to add chopped up bits of red pepper as garnish to make the red and green color. But I was thinking, you know what goes great with eggs? Bacon. 
So just get some of those bacon bits that kind of have a red hue to them and pop those on the top. Mm-mm. You're going to want to have dozens of these. You know, Dad, is this the best time for a recipe that needs so many eggs? Yeah, eggs are famously super pricey right now. Sorry, I'm a comedian, not an egg-conomist. Really, Dad? We're out of here. But you were just... I just did the same thing you... You know what? Egg, excuse me! Make it stop! Well, that's the recipe. Again, the version I found from justataste.com will be linked in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. And now it's time for our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. So later on the show, we're going to kick off Merry Music Madness, an elimination-style bracket competition to find the ultimate Christmas music artist. The winner will be decided by your votes. But before I open the voting, I want to present to you a cautionary tale. You see, every year since 2015, the Twitter account at Xmas Film Quotes has done a Christmas movie bracket called The Christmas Movie Showdown. Each day, they'd put up a Twitter poll and people would choose between two movies until only the winner remained. The winner in 2022 was a classic, A Christmas Story. But I'm here to tell you that some of these contests went the wrong way. Wrong way according to who? I'm glad you asked, Carl, the imaginary listener. Sounds kind of like Hermit the Frog. According to me. I realize art is subjective and there's no right answer to which movie is a better movie. Yet I'm a thousand percent sure these matchups went the wrong way and I'm here to tell you about it. We should note that Tim's opinions are his own and they do not represent those of the imaginary listener community. Well, thank goodness you cleared that up. Okay, let's start our list with... Number five. Deck the Halls beat Klaus? Now, full disclosure, I haven't seen Deck the Halls. Wait, 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 wait. You haven't even seen Deck the Halls? How do you know it didn't deserve to win? Because I haven't seen it. I'm a super-duper Christmas fan who loves Christmas so much, I've dedicated gobs of my personal time to a podcast celebrating it, and I've never even had a small desire to see this movie. I forgot it existed until I saw this matchup. I had to look up the trailer. Meanwhile, Klaus was an amazing story with gorgeous animation and so much heart. There is no way that that Matthew Broderick, Danny DeVito comedy... Do you see the air quotes I'm doing? Yeah, very hard to miss. Okay, there's no way this comedy is better than Klaus. Very dubious start to your list, but okay. Well, hold on to your hat, Carl, because the takes only get hotter from here. Number four. Jingle All the Way beat Love Actually? Okay, I've seen both of these movies. You happy? Oh, hooray, you've done the bare minimum. Okay, no one likes a smart aleck. Now, Jingle All the Way is not without its charm. I mean, it has Sinbad in it, and that's pretty great. I got to do stand-up with Sinbad many years ago, and he is just naturally funny. Also, I hope he gets well soon. We're thinking of you, Sinbad. And Love Actually is not without its flaws, especially looking at the movie through a modern sensibility. But there's so many classic moments in Love Actually. Hugh Grant's dance scene, Emma Thompson's heartbreaking performance, and of course, the scene with the signs. Love Actually should absolutely have taken this one. Number three... Santa Claus 3 beats Scrooged? Look, I know we all love Tim Allen as Santa, but let's not pretend we like the Santa Claus 3. It was a hot, nonsensical mess from start to finish. But Scrooged is fantastic. It's one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. Bill Murray is at his Bill Murrayest, and the late Richard Donner weaved the whole thing together beautifully. This one's not just wrong, it's offensively wrong. Easy, cowboy. You gotta get some angry emails. Oh, just wait until they hear... Number two. A Christmas Story beat It's a Wonderful Life? Oh no, you're not about to insult a Christmas Story, are you? 
No, I'm aware of what a beloved movie A Christmas Story is. It's a Christmas classic. Phew. That being said, Uh-oh. It's a Wonderful Life is the Christmas movie. It tops multiple Christmas movie lists. It's the movie they have characters watch in other movies to make sure the audience knows that it's Christmas time. It's insulting that they've been doing this contest since 2015 and it's never won. It should beat every Christmas movie and that includes A Christmas Story. Don't at me. Honorable Mentions! Christmas with the Cranks beat The Grinch 2018. I threw this one in honorable mentions because while it's not my favorite Christmas movie of all time, in fact, it's not even my favorite adaptation of The Grinch story, the animated Grinch movie starring Brendan at Cumberbatch is surprisingly good, and it's gotta be better than Christmas with the Cranks. Gotta be. Which leads me to... Number one! Christmas with the Cranks beat Muppet Christmas Carol. Guess what, Carl? Don't tell me. I haven't seen Christmas with the Cranks either. You're killing me, Bab. Killing me. But I've seen Muppet Christmas Carol countless times because it is amazing. Michael Caine gives a great performance to Scrooge. The songs by Paul Williams are all fire. Gonzo and Rizzo are hilarious. This one hurt. This one was a travesty of justice that simply cannot stand. That seems like a totally rational reaction. You know what the worst part is, Carl? What's that? I didn't vote in any of these. What? Yep, I'm just not on Twitter that often, even before Elon somehow made it worse than it already was. So I missed my chance to vote on any of these. So I hope my story serves as a warning to all the waiters out there listening. Be sure and vote every month in Merry Music Madness. You don't want to live with these regrets, like me. Dude, really? It's just votes on Twitter. Are you really this bothered by this? Nah, I just like to be dramatic. But hold the phone. We've got a late-breaking Christmas news bulletin. So it's time for a quick edition of All I Want for Christmas is News. All I want for Christmas is Stop. Stop it. Would you stop that? Sorry. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is getting a sequel. And no, I don't mean that Benedict Cumberbatch movie I mentioned earlier, and I don't mean Jim Carrey is getting buried in green hair and latex again. No, I'm talking about the world of books. Yes, 66 years after Dr. Seuss published How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Dr. Seuss Enterprises and Random House Children's Books is bringing us a sequel to that beloved book. Now, this isn't something that Dr. Seuss wrote that's been sitting around waiting to be discovered. It's a totally new story, written by Alistair Heim and illustrated by Aristides Ruiz. But what's it about? Well, according to the synopsis, a year has passed since the Grinch stole Christmas from Whoville. Now, eager to prove to the Whos that his heart has grown to love the holiday, the Grinch devises a plan to win Whoville's Christmas crown by making the largest, most spectacular Christmas tree the Whos have ever seen. But when things don't go as planned, the Grinch's heart turns ice cold and he threatens to leave Whoville for good until one small special Who reminds him that Christmas is not about winning. So there you go, some brand new Grinch content for you this year when How the Grinch Lost Christmas hits shelves on September 5th. And now a word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. When the burn months set in and the nights start to get crisp, do you feel what I feel? Hi, I'm Ashley, and I'm the voice behind the Magic of the Season podcast, where we talk nostalgia, holiday history, movies, music, and of course, the big man himself. If you want to turn on something that brings you warmth, comfort, and cheer, then you're in the right place. I'm available on all podcast platforms such as Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Follow me for some festive fun on my Instagram at the Magic of the Season Podcast. Now grab your hot cocoa, get cozy, because it's story time. 
Welcome back. It's still March when this episode drops, which means it's still Women's History Month, a month set aside to celebrate and learn about women who often don't get enough attention or appreciation throughout the year. And even though we are a Christmas podcast and don't really have any noticeable effect on the education of the world, I thought we could at least dedicate today's feature to the most unsung hero of Christmas, the First Lady of the North Pole, Mrs. Claus. Every December we always remember, celebrate the fella and the soup. We see the promos for Reindeer and his Glonos. Believe me, I think Rudolph's nose is cute. Now I'm a fan of Frosty, I'll go gaga for the Grinch. But beneath the hype are they the type you turn to in a pinch. There's someone more deserving of applause. Mrs. Claus. <laughs> Mrs. Claus may be Santa's right-hand gal, but she certainly hasn't gotten nearly as much coverage. We've heard about Santa Claus since the late 18th century, but Mrs. Claus doesn't even get a mention until midway through the 19th century. In fact, the first few literary mentions of Mrs. Claus, she wasn't even in the stories. The first technical mention of Santa's wife comes in the 1849 story by James Rees called A Christmas Legend. An old couple comes to stay with his family whose oldest daughter has run off. The old couple is believed to be Santa and his wife, but in the end, it turns out it was just the lost daughter and her husband in disguise. So even though the story is often cited as the first appearance of Mrs. Claus, she's not in it. Just someone disguised as her. But I guess it's still significant because it established that there was a Mrs. Claus that someone could disguise themselves as, I guess. It's just weird. It'd be like if the first time we heard about Rudolph, it was actually just a story about Blitzen in a disguise and Rudolph never shows up. Then we jump ahead to a story that appeared in the Yale Literary Magazine in 1851. In it, Santa shows up at a party looking snazzy, and the narrator says that we have Mrs. Claus to thank for that. I mean, great, I'm glad we're giving her props for her taste in fashion, but she couldn't even score an invite to the party? Jumping ahead to 1854, we get Opal, a monthly periodical about the state lunatic asylum of New York. In it, Mrs. Claus shows up to a dance in the asylum. However... Given the scenario and the circumstances, I don't think we can assume this woman is the actual Mrs. Claus. Now we're all the way to 1862, where an essay in Harper's Magazine called Editor's Easy Chair tells the story of a generous rich lady who gives Christmas trees to poor kids and compares her to Mrs. Santa Claus, who is yet again absent from the actual story. In 1864, she appears in someone's dream in a story by Robert St. Clair called The Metropolites. So I guess you could call that her first actual appearance, but she's not in the story. Someone's just dreaming about her, so I don't think that counts. Then in 1878, there's a collection of tales called Lil in Santa Claus Land and Other Stories by Ellis Town and Sophie May and Ella Farman, in which a girl visits the North Pole and sees a lady who may or may not be Mrs. Claus helping Santa with the naughty and nice list. She's never identified as Mrs. Claus. She's just a lady who's helping out Santa and people assume as Mrs. Claus. So again, to me, that doesn't count as her first actual appearance. Finally, in 1887, more than a century after Santa is first name-checked in a story in the U.S., E.C. Gardner's article, A History Backlog, in the Good Housekeeping magazine gives us our first actual description of Mrs. Claus. By that I mean two paragraphs about her outfit. That's it. She's in the story. She doesn't get to do anything, but she is wearing stuff, and we get to hear about it. We finally get some sense of who she is and what she does when she finally gets the spotlight in Catherine Lee Bates' 1889 poem, Goody Santa Claus on a Sleigh Ride. Goody was an old-timey way of saying good wife back in the day, apparently. In the story, she convinces Santa to let her ride with him and even go down one of the chimneys to deliver presents. 
By the turn of the century, Santa stops living in the shadows so much because I guess he realizes his cover has been blown by all these stories, and he starts making personal appearances in shops during the lead-up to Christmas. The now-familiar tradition of sitting on Santa's lap and telling him what you want for Christmas starts to become a fixture of the season. But Mrs. Claus is usually not involved in these meet-and-greets. That is until 1906, when a Boston store has Mrs. Santa meet folks. And although she gets to ride with Santa and do the gift delivery for one house and goody Santa Claus on a sleigh ride, in the 1961 story How Mrs. Santa Claus Saved Christmas, Mrs. Claus takes over for Santa when he sleeps through Christmas Eve. It seems like she got all the gifts mixed up, but it turns out she gave the kids what they really wanted instead of what they asked for, which made them even happier. So even though she demonstrably does Santa's job better than he does, Santa insists it won't happen again. Men, am I right, ladies? What are you doing? I'm connecting with my female audience. Trust me, you are not. Get back to Mrs. Claus. That's fair. Okay, as intro to the next part of the mystery of Mrs. Claus, I'd like to play a quick clip from last year's The Santa Clauses series on Disney+. Plus. I mean, you ever look up past Mrs. Clauses? It's an old lady who knits and bakes. I mean, she doesn't even have a first name. That's not true. I have a first name. No, you don't. I do. It's, um, it's Nancy. No. Manta. That's not her name. Shanta. Is that what you want us to call you? (laughs) So it turns out that joke is rooted in the fact that we don't actually know what Mrs. Claus's first name is. If you do a Google search for what is Mrs. Claus's first name, the first result will say it's Gertrude. So... Case closed, right? Not at all. The source for the claim that Gertrude is Mrs. Claus's first name comes from that first story I mentioned from 1849. As you recall, the woman in that story is not Mrs. Claus, it's just some random lady pretending to be Mrs. Claus to fool her parents. The fact that the long-lost daughter's name in the story is Gertrude has nothing to do with Mrs. Claus's name. It's anybody's guess what her real first name is, and plenty of people have guessed. The Rankin-Bass folks guessed her name was Jessica in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. In the movie Santa Claus the Movie, they guessed her name was Anya. In Arthur Christmas, they guessed it was Margaret. And in the 1996 movie Mrs. Santa Claus, starring the late Angela Lansbury, Mrs. Claus was named Anna. And speaking of the Mrs. Santa Claus movie, it's one of the few instances where Mrs. Claus is given center stage. I think we should see more movies and TV specials where Mrs. Claus is the main character, not a side character. We tell her story. What's she doing? Because it's not like there's nothing to show her doing. Between the smattering of stories, songs, and movies that mention her, here's a partial list of what she's responsible for up at the North Pole. Checking the naughty and nice list, reading Santa's mail, feeding the reindeer, making the toys, wrapping the toys, packing the sleigh, feeding Santa, making cookies for the elves, teaching the elves, and dressing Santa. Hey! I mean, that's a big workload. Now, I know all the women, and especially the moms who are listening, are thinking, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, you're doing it again. No! Anyway, we salute you, Mrs. Claus, whatever your first name. You do twice the work for half the credit. Hopefully, that can change soon. Who reads the notes from girls and boys? Turns in the order for their toys Fills every heart with wondrous joys Mrs. Santa Claus Mrs. Santa Claus And finally today, it's time to kick off round one of Merry Music Madness! All year long, we're going to do a bracket-style competition to find out who's the ultimate Christmas singer or singing group as voted by you. 
Last time we had you send in Christmas singers or groups that you thought deserved a shot at the title of king or queen of Christmas music. Now we've got 64 of the most merry music makers and we're ready to put them head to head for you to vote. But we're not going to do them all at once. We're going to break it up to make each voting session more manageable. You only have to vote in eight matchups each month, but it won't be easy. There are some tough choices. Let's see who's facing who in round one, part one of Merry Music Madness. Here's who you'll be voting on this round. Gene Audrey versus Bobby Helms. Brian Setzer versus Taylor Swift. Bing Crosby versus Ariana Grande. The Beach Boys versus John Legend. The Bare Naked Ladies versus Frank Sinatra. Jose Feliciano versus Neil Diamond. Justin Bieber versus Vince Guaraldi. And finally, Josh Groban versus The Waitresses. And that's it. The polls will be open until April 24th. You can click the link at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com or on our Twitter or our Facebook. It's totally anonymous. You don't have to provide any personal information. You just have to vote with your whole Christmas heart on which one should go to the next round. So get out there and vote and join us next time to see if your favorites will be moving to the next round of Merry Music Madness. that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Not much admin to share at the end here, but I do want to point out that I did get a lot of my information about Mrs. Claus from another podcast called The History Chicks. It's a show I hadn't heard of before I started researching Mrs. Claus, but they do a delightful tradition every Christmas of reposting and updating their episode where they talk about the history of Mrs. Claus. I think you might enjoy their presentation as well as I did, so I'll put a link to their 2022 episode in the show notes. And while you're looking at those show notes, be sure to vote in round one, part one of Merry Music madness okay that's all for me see you in april and until next time you'll believers keep laughing all the way and that was christmas 1983 actually dad it's 2023 oh thank you for listening to another episode of the can't wait for christmas podcast if you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, Can't Wait for Christmas pod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas! Okay, I did not do a dress rehearsal, so this will be the first time I've said any of this out loud. Let's clear some room for the outtakes at the end. Excellent.
Waka waka eh eh Samina oh wait that's copyright. Uh, I didn't say anything. That sounds like an egg Excellent idea, get it? You should expect to hear from us again. That was me. But don't worry, he scripted this all. Alright, now what do I say? Um Oh, egg excuse me? Egg excuse me. I'm walking in Disneyland. All right, <laughs> How many more puns are there? So many. Uh, <laughs> Great. What an enigma. And candy, 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 candy. You created a monster and you can't let it go. Actually, you can do this at any time, but it's especially good at Easter because you have plenty of this. Whew, I just kept losing my place and couldn't find it. Like, I, I kind of knew where the sentence was, so I was kind of bluffing my way through, but I could not find where I was supposed to go. Uh, I'm just lost. I'm lost in the words. Oh, so just get some of those bacon bits that kind of have a red hue, though. So just get some of those bacon bits that kind of have a red hue. Deck the halls beat Klaus? 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 Deck the halls beat Klaus? 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 Klaus. I think it was Klaus. In 1864, she appears in someone's dream in a story by Robert St. Clair called The Metropolites. Metropolites? That makes way more sense. Metropolites? No. Metropolites. Like people who live in Metropolis. Lois. Jimmy. Clark. So, Clay's Clark. You alright, uh, Carl? There sometimes I, uh, the same affliction that affects you affects me and I don't say my lines right. Crazy. Not at all. The source for the claim, the so, not at all. The source for the claim that Gertrude is Mrs. Claus's first name comes from that first story. I, then, <clears throat> I have written this sentence difficultly. It's making it hard to say. <laughs> In the movie Santa Claus, the movie, they guessed her name was Anya. Oh, shnikes. I literally wrote. In Arthur Christmas, they guessed her name was, and then left it blank. I left it blank. I don't remember what it was. It's totally anonymous. You don't have to provide any personal innovation. <laughs> you don't have to provide any personal innovation unless you can figure out how to make Tim's lip work. Hi, I'm Tim. We, Many Tim's lips don't work when they're trying to record an episode. And... They need your help. Uh, for just $5 a day, you can smack Tim in the face with a $5 bill and say, Make your lips work, fool! <laughs> <laughs>